Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Friday, first of yesterday's news. I'm BNZB. We're looking back at Thursday. Um, now, what hours should, should you have to work? You've only signed up for 40, but you might be working 60, apparently. What's going on there? Uh, we asked the classic question, uh, are banks making too much money? Again, always seem to be asking that question, don't we? Uh, there's some kind of royal visit going to be happening which I don't understand, and uh, Marcus talks 747s. But before any of that, is school's open, or is it? Isn't it? Is it? Is it? Or, or maybe not. Suddenly, schools could open. Problem is, many people had made other plans. Schools, they had reorganised curriculums and schedules. Parents had restructured work commitments. Uh, some people had even gone away. So everyone's week thrown into disarray again. Schools again left to communicate with parents as to whether they'd be opening or not. Some said they would. Others, though, have said they won't. That the last-minute turnaround has not been enough notice for them to backtrack all the changes that they had already put in place. We didn't hear, actually, from uh, our school, from my daughter's school, until an email eventually arrived about 5.30 last night saying that it was very difficult to change with a few hours' notice, so the school would remain closed today, but will open on Friday. And then, of course, we've got another long weekend. So let's face it, in all reality, most kids, by and large, are not back in full until next Tuesday. So it's been a stop-start, haphazard start to their year, hasn't it? After two years of disruption with COVID, I mean, everybody's over it. Won't it be great to have some precedented times for a change? Mm. Yeah, it's funny. People always used to say, you know, may you live in interesting times, didn't they? And I think we've tried that. We've tried the interesting times thing, and we've decided that they're a bit interesting. And we don't like it when it's quite that interesting. Can we have some boring back, please? It's a good point. <laughs> now... Uh, so, uh, yeah, school may or may not be open. Uh, whatever hours they're open, uh, they're not, well, they won't be as open as long as most of us work. Let's be honest. And some of us are working too hard, too long. I think James is wrong uh, about the reasonable thing being what the employer and the employee agree. It would be, you'd be correct if it was a balanced uh, power arrangement situation. But the employer has so much more influence than what the employee does. I can mm. see a group securing where there's been an awful lot of uh, ex other pressures involved. Mm. The other thing that bothers me about reasonable is that if you go to a court and try and get somebody to uh, define that in a um, legalistic way, uh, you're going to start off with the Employment Relations Authority, appeal that to the Employment Court, then to the High Court, then to the Supreme Court. Uh, to get an answer because it's such a subjective mm, yeah. yeah. The other thing yeah. that annoys me is that employers, somebody who works, who, who gets a salary negotiated on 40 hours and works 60, the employer's getting an extra 20 chargeable hours for no cost. So, you know, <laughs> that just doesn't seem fair. And, you know, there ought to be some form of compensation to discourage that. Uh, either by time in lieu or as we used to have in the old days double time or time and a half or something yeah. uh, but nobody should be doing that 
other thing that really gets up my nose about this is we've got kids doing ram raids and everything like this because mum and dad are at work working these ridiculous hours and it's having an effect on our social uh, environment, uh, what's going on at home, who's looking after the kids and everything like that. Do you reckon the mums and dads of the kids who are doing the ram raids are at work? And that it's day work and it's ordinary jobs? Throwing that out there. Um, right. Uh, tell you who is making money out there making money. Banks. They, it doesn't seem to matter what's going on in the world. The banks just keep banking, don't they? And what do we think about that? And what difference does it make anyway? I especially have no problem with Maserati dealers making huge amounts of money. Apple retailers. As in the technology, not the Granny Smiths or the Brayburns. Hotels, cruise cruise ship companies make huge amounts of money because people are queuing up to give you their disposable income because it's a, a, something they want. A gorgeous luxury that they want to enjoy. That's absolutely fine. All examples, and there's plenty more of them, of the choices people make with a disposable income. But with banks, we have no choice but to take out bank accounts. Unless you're the most paranoid of preppers, you have to have a bank account. And if you want to buy a home, you have to go to the bank and you have to sign up and you have to pay them back or give them your firstborn child or one of your limbs, you know, to repay the mortgage. Totally understand that. But that makes you an essential entity. And how much is too much profit? When you're an essential entity, and people, especially in this country, simply do not have the luxury of choice. Mm, that's capitalism, baby. Gotta love it. Um, I've been thinking about this more and more. I think I've been reading the, the wrong books lately. I've been thinking about this more and more. Because the whole point of capitalism is growth. Uh, you've got to keep making more and more profit. And, and I've also been reading articles about you know, why there have been so many tech layoffs lately. And again, it's because you know, they were making record profits, right, when times were good, and the shareholders want that to continue. But times aren't good. So how do you make that continue? Oh, we'll, we'll just uh, knock a little bit of wage bill off the bottom line. That'll help. Because you've got to keep growing infinitely. Because that's possible, right? Good on your banks. Anyway, uh, we'll leave that there for now. Uh, the Princess Royal is coming. I don't know who that is, and I don't care. Now, actually, that recounting of the event is quite restrained because other people who were there at the time said what she actually said when he said to her, I'm kidnapping you, come with me. She actually said, not bloody likely. Anyway. He was undeterred. He he spent two years planning the kidnap and he was after about two million pounds. So he kept trying to go at it. She refused to get out of the car, even when her personal police officer was shot. He then tried to yank her out from the seat and in the struggle, her dress was ripped down the back. And she said, I lost my rag at that stage. He started pulling my arm and Mark was holding on to me and we maintained the status quo for quite a bit because I wasn't going anywhere, put it that way. 
The tussle saw Anne and Mark thrown to the floor of the car and then she said, I was basically lying flat on my back and Mark was half on top of me and that was how we ended up after this tug of war sort of collapsed in a heap. But I could reach the door handle behind my head and I opened the door and I literally pulled my feet over my head and I did a backward somersault into the road. Come on. What other royal can tell you she escaped a kidnap attempt by doing a backward somersault? I rest my case. I do. I'll have to, I will admit one thing. Um, when uh, mum passed away, their mum I'm talking about, uh, last year, I thought she wore all the stupid uniforms with the silly hats the best. I thought she made, really made them work. And of course Andrew wasn't allowed to wear his most of the time because uh, he's such a colossal pervert. Um, so I'll give, I'll give her that. And that's that's all I'm going to give. To. Yeah, don't get me started on the royal family because I'll just end up saying something that'll make people mad, and then I get into trouble again. Right, so let's quickly uh, finish up with a bit of plane talk. Normally it's train talk with Marcus, but he's got he's capable of plane talk as well. Apparently, here's a question for you: How many seven four sevens do you think Boeing ever made? Yeah. Isn't that fascinating that they've stopped making those today? How many think you, did you think they made? Don't look at Wikipedia, but have a guess. Because you'd asked me, I'm surprised I looked at it before I actually found out, because I would, myself would have liked to have guessed, but I've ruined that for myself. But they've stopped production of them today. And, which is weird. Well, it's not weird, but I think the last ones they've produced were for UPS Airlines... Um, I think that's what it says. And Volga Dnieper Group. I don't know who the Volga DPNER Group are. But have a guess how many things they produced. Gorgeous plane. I've been fortunate enough to be on them. Um, I've never been upstairs, I don't think, that I can remember. Oh, it's a Russian airline that's bought the last one. Gee, they're dealing with the Russians. I suppose it's a complicated business, the sale of aircraft. There are some things like, I don't know if you should have stairs in a plane. That seems, why didn't they put a lift in? That seems, that would work better. I don't, I've got a reasonably good sense of balance, but I don't actually back myself to go up and down stairs on a plane. Imagine in a turbulence. Um, how many, how much uh, destruction of the climate do you think all the 747s Boeing ever made are uh, single-handedly responsible for? Another question. You sound a bit sort of pinky commo today. NZB, sorry about that, guys. I'll, I'll get myself back in line for the weekend edition on Monday. See you then.